0: Welcome back to Undercovered Ops. We're back again, week seven, here to break everything down that you need, that you know. Drop a comment, drop a like, drop a subscribe button on YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, leave a review, five stars, you know what it is. YouTube, if you're here, drop a comment. I'll come back at the end, answer all these questions up, see what you guys got going on, see if you got any trades, if you got any uh, tough decisions to make. It's week seven. So most of you are probably, you know, six and one, seven and oh, or no, sorry, five and one, six and oh, about to be seven and oh, uh, heading into this week seven matchup where, you know, you have the Travis Etienne's because you didn't stop fading. You have the Kenneth Walker's because you added him, you know, because you knew that the penny injury was coming. You have the Greg Dulciches because we talked about them back in February and March about him being the most. Athletic and the most upside, 17 yards per reception at UCLA. You saw it on the field on Monday night. He was active. Albert Aquibunum was inactive. Who scores the 40-yard touchdown? It's Greg Dulcich, none other than the dude out of UCLA with the long hair. He was the intro for last week's podcast. Hey, this is Greg Dulcich, and you're listening to Undercover Dogs because you know where you need to be each week, every week. That's what we do. That's why we're here. So, Without further ado, let's jump into it. Undercovered Ops Week 7 brought to you by Data Analysis and the Dynasty Deluxe Tool. Go over to playerprofiler.com today and you can jump right in. You get $50 off the rest of the month for the all-in package at playerprofiler.com. That gives you the Dynasty Deluxe Package, Data Analysis, Player Rankings, everything. Jump on in. 50 bucks off. It's $85 for the rest of the season. You only have till the end of October. That's about 10 days to go jump over there, get the all-in package. Again, you can make your money back on the DFS Dominator in one weekend. It's that easy. It's that simple. Playing DFS, playing the pickums on the underdog, do the damn thing. UnderdogFantasy.com. Use that promo code UNDERWORLD. Now, let's get into the rundown here. Some injuries that obviously came up. Eno Benjamin, a little, little little banged up here. Keontae Ingram is the next guy in line, but Corey Clement came in last week. We talked about him. I thought Corey Clement would eclipse what Ingram was going to do this weekend. He didn't. Corey Clement didn't do anything. Ingram also didn't do jack shit. We'll talk about Arizona here in a minute. Indianapolis, Deion Jackson was a clear-cut guy. We talked about that one being over Phillip Lindsey. And then Cade Otten was the big one. Two weeks ago when Cam Brake went down with an injury, it was Cade Otten. Then Cam Brake comes back last week, gets another concussion. It looks like Cade Otten is going to be the guy moving forward. Kyle Rudolph is there, but Kyle Rudolph, when he has been activated, hasn't done anything. Cade Otten looks better. Even with Cam playing last week, Cade got targeted. We'll talk about K- Dot in a little bit. Adam Troutman gets dinged up. Juwan Johnson's still back on track, had three targets this last weekend. Juwan has been a tough one. We talked about Juwan early last season. We talked about Juwan early this season. And it's almost like it's took a Troutman injury to now the connection with Andy Dalton to get there. It's like this this weird thing where when Jameis was in, Juwan was getting the targets. Jameis leaves. Andy's in. Troutman's getting the targets. Now take a Troutman injury. Do we really depend on this with you know Thomas coming back eventually if he does Landry coming back Olave obviously coming back they're on a short week this week on Thursday night football against Arizona I don't know I don't know it's tough for me right now what you want I got to see a little bit more I, I I I foresaw this coming quicker down down the tracks and instead the injury kind of kind of happens Randall Cobb looks like he's going to be missing a little bit of time Robert Tunyon obviously is the heir apparent to the trust level for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers always trusted Grand Codd the most. And then it was Lazard and Tanyan. And and you see both those guys getting targets. Tanyan has that big week last week. No touchdowns, however. But with Cobb out, I think you're going to see a lot more Tanyan, a lot more Lazard. Lazard is fifth right now in fantasy points against man coverage. You can find that on the data analysis tool at PlayerProfiler.com. Dobbins. Dobbins' knee injury kind of flared up a little bit last week. Kenyon Drake scored a touchdown. And Gus Edwards looks like he'll be back shortly. Joshua Kelly dinged up. Sony Michelle elevated. Maybe, just maybe, the Spiller, Isaiah Spiller guy. I don't know who the fuck he is, but I guess he's going to be activated. Um, uh, it looks like he's going to be activated, let's say. I don't know if they might go out and sign Adrian Peterson just to jump in front of Isaiah Spiller. I don't know. We'll wait and we'll see what they do with Isaiah Spiller. But I think Michelle elevates into that number two role behind Austin Eckler. The big one, Kendrick Bourne. Looks like he's getting completely pushed out of New England. He missed a team meeting a couple weeks ago. He hasn't really done a damn thing since. Nelson Aguilar misses, so Tyquan Thornton takes that step up. Scores two touchdowns in this game, one rushing, one receiving. If I would have told you six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, that it's not going to be Mac Jones and Devontae Parker and Jones and Jakub Myers, it's going to be Bailey Zappi and Tyquan Thornton, you probably would have said, yeah, let's log out and not listen to this guy. And I wouldn't have blamed you because I zappy to Tyjuan Thornton, two rookies in 2022, that's what's keeping New England afloat right now. It's pretty crazy, pretty, un, I mean, it's nuts, point blank, it's nuts. But let's get in talking about the actual teams and the team breakdowns. Last week, we obviously had Washington, Chicago, Thursday Night Football. Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Brian Robinson, that's what everybody was looking at. Robinson, 25 snaps, 17 carries for 60 yards with three routes, no targets, 45% snap share. Gibson, 14 snaps, five carries, 35 yards, five routes, four targets. Again, this is only going to help Gibson's efficiency, splitting the backfield like this. The McKissick workload, 27%, eight more into Gibson now than it has at all during the season. I'm still trusting Gibson. I, st- I have him. I'm still going to be playing him because I think even if he, and I, I don't think the McKissick thing is really a big deal. I think Gibson's going to eclipse that completely, take that out of the way. And you're going to see Gibson scoring still 13, 14, 15 fantasy points on average, on average, because he has a 20 point upside, even with Brian Robinson being the spec So I'm not really worried, but, It does show you that Brian Robinson's going to get that full donkey workload, similar to a Ronald Jones uh, while he's playing with Fournette. And he's just going to get the 17 carries between the grinder, between the tackles grinder, no targets. It's just what he is. So limited, limited, limited upside in Brian Robinson, but the workload is going to be there. Jacksonville, similar situation as far as the running backs go. It's James Robinson. It's Travis Etienne and... Jamichael Hasty. Jamichael Hasty had a 50 yard touchdown against the Indianapolis Colts this past week. 16% snap share for Jamichael Hasty. Not really something I'm going to chase after, but just keep your eyes there because Hasty looks good. So if Robinson were to get hurt or Etienne were to get hurt, Hasty wouldn't be a guy that you'd immediately have to roster. Robinson in this game, 24 snaps. Travis Etienne, 27. I said it two weeks ago. I say it again. I don't know why fantasy gamers decide to quit on guys so fast, but Travis Etienne in this game, 12 touches, 106 yards, 43% snap share. Like, this is that dude. Just continue to continue to trust it. James Robinson does not look right. ETN, whatever you want to say about, uh, you know, catching, you know, lateral. I've seen all this lateral movement, can't catch. He doesn't look normal. All this bullshit. Travis ETN is just fine. Again, he didn't play a single game last year in the season. This is essentially his rookie fucking season. Give the guy a break. Give the guy some time. This offensive line is competent. He has a connection with ET or with Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to continue, continue to say it about Travis Etienne. I'm, I'm trusting the process. I'm staying on board with Travis Etienne. I hope you do too. Now, their opponent in week six was the Indianapolis Colts. Naheem Hines misses. Jonathan Taylor misses again. It's Philip Lindsay. It's Deion Jackson. Deion Jackson gets 50 snaps. Philip Lindsay 23. 12 carries for 42 yards for Deion Jackson. Ten targets for Deion motherfucking Jackson. Athleticism matters in athletics. Period. He's the guy. If Taylor and Hines continue to miss time, Lindsay, Lindsay is not a threat to Deion Jackson as long as Deion Jackson does not miss time. Now, I think Taylor's going to be back this week. Uh, I think. I hope. We'll move on from there. But I think Deion Jackson will have enough time to get back. You might see... A world now where Deion Jackson elevates to a point where he's starting to take carries away from Naheem Hines, opportunities away from Naheem Hines, opportunities away from Jonathan Taylor just because they want to keep Taylor fresh down for the stretch. Now at the wide receiver position, the big question was Ash and Doolin goes to IR, who gets elevated? Alec Pierce got elevated up to a 70% snap share next to Paris Campbell's 97%, Michael Pittman's 94%. Pittman obviously did what Pittman does 16 targets 13 receptions in this game showing true alpha tendencies. Paris Campbell had the game though. 757 on 11 targets. Paris Campbell had the game. We've been waiting for him to kind of take that step. Take that step. It's been what 3 years now. He hasn't been able to take that step. Do you trust it? I don't know. I got to see it again this week. 7 more targets for Alec Pierce though. 3 for 49 and the game winning touchdown. I think that only helps Alec Pierce even more. I think Pierce is in that role. He's the number two for Matt Ryan, despite all the targets going to Deion Jackson, um, uh, eleven to Paris Campbell. That's twenty-one for just those two guys. I think Pierce is going to keep keep gnawing away at that at the tight end position. It's Granson. It's Jelani Woods, Mo'Ellie Cox is still there and he's still out for snaps, but he's just not getting targeted as much. I think they want Jelani to be a thing and they want Colin Granson to be a thing. Jelani does look like he could add another 10 pounds and he would still be dominant at the tight end position. And then our boy, Mike strong had two targets, two red zone targets. One was a dog shit throw. One was a dog shit attempt at a a reception for Mike, but the opportunities were there. 15 snaps, 10 routes. Strawn will be on the field. Strawn will see the field even more as the number four wide receiver in this offense currently. Does that matter for fantasy? Probably not. But, again, you're just knocking guys off the board. Ashton doing hits IR. It elevates Mike Strawn. Strawn had two targets in the red zone. Mo Cox had none. So opportunity growing. Not excited, but I there's, there's a bright light at the end of the tunnel. Kansas City, the wide receiver position. McCole Hardman versus Sky Moore. Those are the two that I'm looking at right now. Snaps, Hardman 25, Sky 19. You're looking for upside. What's it going to be down the stretch when it matters? 40% to 30% snap share, 3 for 42 for Hardman, 1 for 24 for Sky Moore, 5 targets for Hardman, 2 for Sky Moore. Sky Moore only ran nine routes versus McCole's 16. It's gonna start. It's gonna. It's incrementally starting to, to climb. So make sure you're out on Skymore. You're out ahead on Skymore at this point. Uh, but I think by the end of the season, he's gonna be a big important piece to this offense. The running back position right now is Clyde. It's McKinnon. It's Pacheco. They did clear three point. I think like three point three million dollars in cap space. There's rumors of some McCaffrey shit. There's rumors of Brian Burns. Um, they should probably go after a defensive piece. But there's always the question mark at the running back. Maybe they go and add somebody at the running back position. I think they're happy enough with Clyde and McKinnon and Pacheco's upside. I don't think they're going to make a move for a running back in the trade deadline, but it's always an option, especially given uh, this team just lost to the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are pretty much their only competition to make the Super Bowl in 2022. Clyde, however, did have 41% snap share. McKinnon, 38%. McKinnon had three targets. Clyde, none. Pacheco, two. McKinnon just continues to just, like, Maybe not look better, but he just he does look more natural at the position for Kansas City right now. Arizona Cardinals, Eno Benjamin, sixty snaps, eighty four percent snap share in Week Six. Full on, full on, full blown workload. Fifteen carries, twenty seven yards. Didn't do dick with it. We did thirty two routes, three targets, three for twenty eight in the air. Eno looks good. He's going to get used here in this opportunity as the number one running back while Connor's out, while Williams is out. Corey Clement, I think, is going to work a little bit more into there, and Keontae Ingram. We'll see. We'll see. Keontae didn't look bad. I haven't been a big fan of Keontae through the process. After he was kind of one of those guys that you ran into it at, the, at the combine, and then you saw the situation of leaving Texas, going to USC, not really doing a lot, not returning to form at Texas. I loved him at Texas, and I, since that rookie or that freshman sophomore season at Texas, once he transferred, everything for me mentally for him has went downhill. At the wider sheer position, Hollywood Brown is gone. He looks like he's going to miss probably the rest of the season, most of it, most if most of if not the rest of the season for the Cardinals. So they go out and trade for Robbie Anderson. That was kind of the big tell right there. Rondell Moore, sixty-seven snaps, the most on the team, tied with Zach Ertz for ninety-four percent. AJ Green, seventy percent. DeAndre Hopkins comes back this week. That's the big thing. Uh, a lot of these numbers we can look at. But you can't really take you got to take him with a grain of salt because Hopkins is going to come back, and we don't know exactly what's. You're adding Hopkins, you're adding Robbie Anderson. We don't know what's going to be what, but we need to pay attention to that in the coming weeks to see you know where does where does Hopkins is he is he going to come back and, and garner thirty percent snap share or target share from the jump? That's really what we're wondering. Or is he going to look a little dusty for a couple of weeks? I would I would assume he's to, I would assume he's going to be a one steak sauce. This week, Thursday night, against the New Orleans Saints. Assuming Lattimore plays, I'm sure he's going to be lined up on Lattimore, and we're going to see it from the jump how Hopkins looks. Tampa Bay, Leonard Fournette, 53 snaps. Rashad White, 15. Four carries for Rashad White. Four targets, three receptions, 11 yards. Rashad White continuing to just get weird opportunities where it's like third and four. Who's out there? Rashad White. You know, in the in the in the red zone, who's out there? Rashad White. Like just these like weird, nuanced pieces during the game where you notice, hmm, Fournette's not out there, Rashad's out there. It's trust, it's trust, it's trust. That's what we're looking for at the running back position. And Fournette obviously he's been banged up back before in his career, hamstring, ankle, uh, hip, it is what it is. If something does arise, Rashad White obviously arguably the best stash. The best backup running back in football right now, other than Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison, Michael Carter. I think Rashad White is almost up into that conversation. Tight end position we talked about before. Cameron Brake returns. Cameron Braith gets borderline knocked out. They unscrewed the face mask off his helmet. It took him out on a board. It looks like it's going to be Otten, Kokeeft, and Kyle Rudolph for the next, you know, at l- probably at least three, four, five weeks because it's back to back concussions now for Cameron brake Unless they go out and get somebody. Um, which I don't foresee happening right now. I guess Mo'Ally Cox might be an interesting one from Indianapolis because he's kind of the third guy right now. Jelani and Kylan Grant are the ones they want to see uh, kind of take that step up in Indianapolis and be used. Mo'Ally Cox, potentially a trade target for Tampa at this point. Otherwise, they're going to roll with Kate Otten, Co'Keefe, they're blocking tight end, four routes ran, and then Kyle Rudolph, who's just like inactive, active, inactive, active. It is what it is. Otten, though, I think is a great, great streamer at the tight end position week in and week out, depending on the matchup. Kate Otten must-have rookie. Carolina Panthers traded Robbie Anderson to the Arizona Cardinals. Terrace Marshall, 20 snaps, was fourth on the team at the wide receiver position. Had a target. He's coming off a four-target game. I think you're going to only see Terrace take another step up. Shy Smith take another step up. DJ Moore probably take a step back. I don't fucking know. This, this whole team is a tizzy. Um It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. P.J. Walker had another horrible game um, given the opportunities he was given. I think only um, Aaron Rodgers would have had the lowest QBR in the NFL this weekend, but P.J. Walker didn't even qualify on the ESPN scale of of qualifying for a QBR, but he had like a a sub-five QBR, which is almost worse. I think it was worse than anything that Baker's done this year. I tweeted this out yesterday. Here's your QBRs last week. So, on the season, the Panthers QBR have been Baker Mayfield 35, 15, 11, 7, 25. This last week was 5.6 by PJ Walker, the lowest QBR on the season by week. Mac Jones, 8 in week one, Justin Fields, 7 in week two. Baker Mayfield in week three and four, eleven and seven. Week five, Jared Goff at a six point six, and week six, P.J. Walker had a five point six. But again, like I said, he didn't qualify technically on ESPN's terms because I don't know why he didn't throw enough, if he wasn't in for enough uh, pass attempts or what. But uh, so currently, ESPN showing Aaron Rodgers at the lowest QB, but it was P.J. Walker anyway. D.J. Moore might be just fucked. That's all I got. Baltimore. They add Deshaun Jackson this last week. Rashad Bateman we talked about two weeks ago. It looked like it was going to be a Liz Frank. It looks like it's been a Liz Frank. They haven't really said a lot about it, but he's just going to be missing games. I don't know. He might miss a couple more, probably three more games. I would assume. I'm not a doctor, but I live with one. And, hey, Liz Frank's a Liz Frank. It hurts. You saw That's why ETN didn't play last year. So, Dobbins, 18 snaps. Drake, 33. 10 carries for 119 for Drake. That's not right. I don't know why I read that. Uh, 10 carries for Drake, though. Um, seven for Dobbins. Drake was in 55% of the time. Dobbins 30%. Drake looks good, but the problem is Gus Edwards is going to be back. We've seen the 50, 50 split with Dobbins and Gus. It looks like it might be a 40, 40, 20 or some bullshit like that. Once Gus is back and Dobbins does not look full health. It's like weird every other week. He looks good. He looks bad. He looks good. He looks bad. I don't know. Maybe just be the knee. We'll have to wait and see. Demarcus Robinson, 45 snaps. Devin Duvernay, 42. Five targets apiece for these guys, 75 70% snap shares. Not really guys that I'm targeting to play. That's why I also don't really care about the Deshaun Jackson thing. It would open up some of the field for Rashad Bateman if Bateman plays, to have a guy like Jackson also playing with Duvernay. But bringing in Jackson only worries me more about Bateman missing time. I just don't love – obviously, this is probably the worst receiving core in the NFL right now. At tight end – Josh Oliver outsnapped Isaiah Likely in this one 21 to 13. He had three targets, likely had four, two for 21, two for 30 apiece. And obviously, Mark Andrews stays that dude, 11 targets, seven for 106. Rapid fire now through New Orleans, Cleveland, and Green Bay. New Orleans, Keith Kirkwood was up there, 48 snaps. Traquan, 51. Marquez Calloway, 51. And Kevin White, 12. Those were the wide receivers, as well as Rashid Shehid. Um, a guy that nobody's ever heard of, scored a 44-yard touchdown in this game, rushing for the New Orleans Saints at tight end. Taysom Hill still sucks. It's Troutman. It's Juwan. Juwan was in for 40, 54 snaps. Troutman was in for 17. Again, six targets for Juwan Johnson, four for 56. I love Juwan Johnson. I just – so many guys out this week with Thomas Landry and Olave. If that happens again, obviously we'll trust Juwan. But I just – it's tough. I, I jumped on early again this year. I jumped on early and Juwan again. And he didn't do anything with everybody else in the game. Now everybody, literally everybody's out and he's finally playing. So obviously that's a, that's a plain situation if he's the only dude, but it's tough. It's tough to trust in any other league format, Cleveland, Amari Cooper, Donovan people's Jones, David bell. Those are your main three receivers. Again, Six, 76% snaps for DPJ, 70% for Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, 12 targets, 4 for 44 in this game. Cooper just continues to be that alpha wide receiver of the offense. DPJ is going to continue to get those opportunities. He looks to be that Will Fuller-type player when Deshaun, Deshaun Watson comes back in a few weeks, a few short weeks, like week 11. It's literally week 7 right now, four weeks. Four weeks. If you're in a league where you're suffering at quarterback and Deshaun's on the wire, go get him. My best team at the FFWC right now, I'm top 80. Deshaun Watson, I stashed him next to Matthew Stafford. I've been suffering through Matthew Stafford this year, and I'm still top 80 in the FFWC with Matthew freaking Stafford. I'm praying this team sticks together until Deshaun Watson uh, saves my season week 11. David Bell, 39 snaps. Anthony Schwartz, 16 the dog, Mike Woods, was finally activated. 11 snaps, one reception on two targets. I think Woods is going to slowly work into that Schwartz workload. Um, I'm, I'm I'm, watching Woods with my keen eye this week. What's Woods going to do? 11 snaps. Is he going to elevate, take over Schwartz? Schwartz going to keep running. Is Woods going to elevate, take over anything from Bell? It's a tough situation to see really where, where the – behind Cooper and DPJ what they want to do because bell needs to get more usage as well. Um, but I think Mike Woods deserves it as well. Green Bay. We talked about before Robert Tunyon is the de facto, uh, favorite for Aaron Rodgers with the Cobb injury. Cobb was in for 25 snaps for he got dinged up. Only had one target in this game. Lazard and Dobbs both had nine targets. Both had four receptions. Lazard had 91 yards. Dobbs had 21. Oh, that's right. I, I, i I can't hear you. Oh, was it? The, I I thought the Dobbs haters were trying to talk, or no, nothing from the Dobbs haters. Okay, just want to check in. Four for twenty-one on nine targets. I thought he was that dude. I, if if he was Devonta Adams, I still can't hear anybody. I th- if he was Devonta Adams, I would have thought I would have saw a little more than four for twenty-one in a game against the freaking Jets when Sauce Gardeners lined up on Zard. That's right. We'll still we'll still be here. Dobbs ain't shit. We'll still be here. Pittsburgh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Najee Harris, 38 snaps, Jalen Warren 18. 14 carries for 42 for Najee Harris. Three targets for Najee. Still not really a ton from Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren feels like to me when I was watching this game, it's like this is literally what they're gonna do. They're gonna do this again. They've been doing it for the last decade, but like Le'Veon to James Conner, James Conner to Najee, Najee to Warren. And Warren feels like the next James Conner for Pittsburgh. Like he's just a hard-nosed grinder. He's going to get an opportunity, and he's going to be the one that forces out the the shiny piece of Najee. Um, So hang on to Warren. Trade for him in Dynasty. Do all the damn things. I think they really love Warren. Listening to Pittsburgh radio, they really love Warren. This week, Claypool had the big game. Seven for 96, scored that touchdown. Um, um, uh, Chase Claypool looked good. He's playing in the slot a lot. 28 routes run, 17 in the slot, Pickens 28, Deontay 31 routes as well. Deontay 5 for 28, and Pickens also had six targets in this game. The Atlanta Falcons, Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley, both had 50 yards on the ground. So did Marcus Mariota. They had over 160 yards on the ground against the San Francisco 49ers. I wrote about this in this week's Cody's Corner newsletter. You can get that on player Profiler. Scroll all the way to the bottom and just plug your email in. You'll get our weekly newsletters, my new newsletter. Week one last week was Cody's corner on Thursday. This week it's going to be coming out this afternoon. And then the big newsletter from Roto Underworld will come out on Friday. Player profiler, scroll all the way to the bottom of the homepage, and they'll tell you right there. Plug your email in, and then you'll just get sent an email each week—a newsletter. The Atlanta Falcons are the number one offensive line in football. I talked about it. I, I said that Atlanta has, you know, cemented themselves in the top ten for the whole season. I, I don't unless in major injuries happen. I don't think they're going to drop out of the top ten. Against San Francisco, the top front seven in football, the bat on on defense, 160 yards on the ground, 164 I think it was. All three of these guys had 50 yards. Not I mean, not beautiful by any means, like 16 carries for Huntley, 15 for Algier, 59, 51 yards, 50 for Mariota. Mariota didn't throw his first incompletion until the fourth quarter. He was sacked twice in the second quarter. Atlanta played fantastic. This is their brand of football. This so is what they want, and they they won the game against the 49ers. Talked about that on Sunday in the Starter Stream Show. Talked about it on Friday in the PropCast. I thought the Falcons were the biggest, uh, the, the big dog of the week to win. Obviously, the Jets did as well, but I thought the Falcons would beat San Francisco. just felt like a good matchup, and they did it. alamade Zacchaeus, full for 58. Another game from day where he just gets ignored but scores 8 to 12 fantasy points. alamade is going to keep doing this the rest of season. Um, even though Pitts did finally score his touchdown in this game. Now, where I was wrong, the New England Patriots this last week, the New England Patriots ran out Ramondre Stevenson for 81% of the snaps. We talked about this last week to end the show, that I thought Pierre Strong and, and Kevin Harris would be two interesting guys to watch. James White had a 78% snap week 13 of 2019. That was the last time anybody crested 75%. James White. Week 13 of 2019, Ramondre hit the 80% mark this week. Kevin Harris came in for 12 snaps, 18%, three carries, five yards. That was it. Kevin Harris was the dude not pure strong. Everyone thought it was going to be pure strong. I thought it was going to be pure strong. Kevin Harris, we've obviously loved him for a long time at player profile. I've loved him since about 2020, being that dude. I thought he was going to be that dude in this draft class, had a back injury, dealt with some things. Kevin Harris getting that opportunity as a number two. In that Damian Harris role, tough though. Tough scene for anybody that faded Ramondre Stevenson, a.k.a. me, but I did play him in DFS and I won some of that money back, so I was happy with that. The wide receiver position, though, Tyquan Thornton. Looks like he's guaranteed to be the number two, number three in this offense. It's Jacoby Myers, it's Devontae Parker, then it's Tyquan Thornton. Kendrick Boren looks to be traded in the next week before the trade deadline. Nelson Aguilar did miss with an injury. I'm looking to see what happens with Taekwon when Nelson Aguilar does come back. I think I trust Tyquan though. Two touchdowns, it, it, that tells me that that Bill Beltec's probably going to trust him as well. If he's trusting Zappi right now over Mac Jones, I think he's going to trust Tyquan over the likes of Nelson Aguilar, over the likes of Kendrick Bourne. We've already seen it. We're seeing it right now. The Rams, Cam Akers, probably gone. Did a tick on this last week. Caught some flack because I said it four days before Jay Glazer did. Fuck anybody who had hate. I don't really give a shit. Ronnie Rivers, 4'7", himself. Kyron Williams, 4'7", himself. All these donkeys with the Rams. There's still Daryl Henderson, 68% of snaps, 12 carries, three targets for Daryl Henderson. He's still the dude in Los Angeles. We got a lot of teams left to talk about, but I want to talk about one team right here, the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson looks like he's going to be missing a couple games. I don't know if it's going to be Brett Rippin or, or, or who they're going to rule out there at quarterback yet if he does miss time. In fact, Melvin Gordon, 20% of snaps in this game, three carries. Latavius Murray had 15 carries, one target. Latavius Murray looks like he's going to be the dude until he gets hurt in this offense. He looks fresh. He's running like he's five years younger than he is. He's running like he was on the Vikings, the Raiders uh, of, of yesteryear. Latavius Murray looks good. Broncos offensive line's not bad. It's top 10. But this whole entire team is still just a dud. Greg Dulcich might be the, ele- the 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 elevator for the Denver Broncos right now. Two receptions, 44 on three targets, 58 percent snap share. Elbert Bunham, inactive. Tough, tough scene at the tight end position for the Chargers on that Monday night game. Gerald Everett, 42 snaps. Trey McKitty, 37, 35 routes for Everett, 19 for McKitty. No targets for McKitty. Six for Gerald Everett. I got burnt on the McKitty. I played him a little bit on the showdown. No targets, despite having a 45% snap share. Dallas, the tight end position as well. Peyton Hendershot, Jake Ferguson play while Dalton Schultz is away. Ferguson, 48% snaps. Seven targets. Seven targets on 12 routes. Peyton Hendershot, five targets on 18 routes. This may change with Dak coming back. If Dalton plays, obviously Dalton-Dak, they're going to have that combination. But if Cooper Cush plays again, it's going to be Ferguson. It's going to be Henderson And they're going to continue to get that usage. Ferguson's definitely a guy you can stream each week if Cooper Cooper Cush, Cooper Cush, not Cooper Rush. Cooper Cush plays five for 53 on seven targets on just 12 routes for Jake Ferguson. Now to Buffalo, tight end position as well. Dawson Knox, Quentin Morris. Quentin Morris only had nine snaps. Dawson Knox looks like he's 100 percent healthy, 85%. Three receptions, 37 yards in this game. Singletary, 84%. Again, we talked about it last week during the PropCast, during the Starter Stream show. Singletary in a close game is going to continue to get that usage. The blowouts, it's going to be more Cook. It's going to be more Moss. The close games, it's going to be Singletary. 17 carries, 75 yards, four receptions. He looked great in this game against the Chiefs, the New York Giants. This is where I'm going to finish it off tonight. When you're looking at strength of schedule for the rest of the season, there's one guy, Saquon motherfucking Barkley. The number one easiest strength of schedule for the remainder of the season in fantasy football is the wide receiver position, is the New York Giants. The number three strength of schedule, the number three easiest strength of schedule at the running back position is the New York Giants. And at tight end, the number 27. Easiest strength to schedule, so it's a pretty tough schedule. Is Daniel Bellinger of the New York Giants? When you look at the New York Giants right now, five and one, going into Week Seven. Again, I talked about this on TikTok on Monday. Trends from the week: the Giants are five and one for the first time since two thousand nine. Remember, if you're a Giants fan, two thousand nine, they finished eight and eight. That's a reminder to anybody that's five and one, anybody that's six and zero, oh, four and two, or if you're one and five or two and four. A lot of season left. Eight and eight. 5-1 and one to 8-8. Eight and eight. You can fall apart just as fast as you built that record at the 5-1. and one. But I do not think the Giants will fall apart that hard. I think Giants are still a 10-11-12 win team in that area because of Dayball and because of the competency of the running back position with Saquon, the competency of Daniel Jones. A lot of very smart people like Daniel Jones and how he's played so far this year, so I'm going to trust that. Daniel Bellinger, 94% snap share in this game. Five targets on 25 routes. Five for 38. Bellinger is a dude. We talked about Bellinger. I can't even tell you how many times in the future cast, over the summer on Undercover Prospects, on uh, My Dimension, at, at like, so many times talked about Daniel Bellinger. I thought he was the next Dalton Schultz. I thought it was going to be like year three, similar to Dalton Schultz. Bellinger instead was like, fuck you, psych. Ricky Seals Jones, you're out of a job. I'm the dude, day one. I'm right here. 63 snaps for Daniel Bellinger, the most on the New York Giants in this game. Saquon Barkley had 53. Saquon Barkley's still that dude, I think, wide, running back one rest of season in fantasy. Now the wide receivers other than them. Wondell Robinson, 15 snaps, four targets, three for 37, 22% snap share. is going to continue to... Ch- as long as the health stays Wandale's going to continue to climb. He's going to take away from ricky J- Richie james. He's going to take away from marcus johnson He's gonna take away from darius slayton But I still do think slayton and probably marcus johnson are going to be the two guys that play with Wandale. I'm, not really going to play marcus johnson or darius slayton just because of the usage and, and and what they can do with the ball is not there but the New York Giants have been the greatest surprise of the 2022 season, in my opinion, not the Seattle Seahawks, not the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons have been a great, great surprise. But the most surprising team of 2022 has been the 5-1 and one New York Giants. But remember, New York Giants fans, in 2009, the last time you were 5-1, and one, you finished 8-8. Eight and eight. So just slow your roll, enjoy the ride. Keep cheering on Saquon Barkley and keep cheering and be happy that you have the tight end of the future. Daniel Bellinger.